We take you now to Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Welcome to this special presentation from NewsAz.com. We take you now to Grover's Mill, part of our 2018 Halloween celebration and part of our annual War of the Worlds Week. I am Matt, coming to you from NewsAz Studios here in Orlando, Florida. But as that name suggests, we won't be spending a lot of time in the studio today. This past August, I finally had done something I wanted to do ever since we started our annual War of the Worlds Week event visit the site of the alien invasion from the 1938 War of the Worlds broadcast, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Now nearer home comes a special bulletin from Trenton, New Jersey. It is reported that at 8.50 p.m., a huge flaming object, believed to be a meteorite, fell on a farm in the neighborhood of Grover's Mill, New Jersey, 22 miles from Trenton. The flash in the sky was visible within a radius of several hundred miles, and the noise of the impact was heard as far north as Elizabeth. You may be wondering what all there is to see in a small town where a fictitious alien invasion took place 80 years ago. Well, the answer might be more than you'd expect, but it also might be less. The key here is what you're expecting to see and hear about. If you heard our 50th anniversary revisit episode, you know about the War of the Worlds monument dedicated in Grover's Mill, New Jersey. That was the main focus for my visit and the main focus of the special that monument, and the park where it sits today. And by and large, that's about all the town of Grover's Mill has to offer regarding this historic broadcast. And by that, I mean the town, the township, the hamlet, whatever it is officially. That's what I'm talking about. There's a little more, though. Luckily for any War of the Worlds enthusiast, there's another place well worth visiting while you're in the area, the Grover's Mill Coffee House. Tucked into a shopping center on Princeton Heiston Road in West Windsor, New Jersey, is the Grover's Mill Coffee House. A coffee house and roastery with 25 blends of coffee, a sizable breakfast, lunch, and dessert menu, and nearly every square inch of their walls covered with War of the Worlds memorabilia. And that's where my tour begins, the Grover's Mill Coffee House. I made this trek twice during my visit, once with my news as co-host on many shows, Dave, to scout out and find these places. And after we did, I returned again, mainly actually only to the park. We only made one visit to the Grover's Mill Coffee House, and Dave and I, we had our lunch, we had a good look around, and we did some recording. Actually, we did quite a bit of recording before, during, and after. So to start things off, here are the recordings of Dave and I at the Grover's Mill Coffee House. Uh, this is Matt. I'm here with Dave. We're in New Jersey. <laughs> and, and according to your GPS, they really made sure that we wanted to be in New Jersey. They did. Because they said, you're in New Jersey when you went to New Jersey, just to let you know. No, you're in New Jersey. We are in the Grover's Mill area. Going to go over to the park where the monument is and the infamous pond and everywhere that's mentioned in the show. But first, we're stopping at it's a Grover's Mill coffee shop. In a strip mall, <laughs> which we didn't know, which is okay. I mean, we don't know. We haven't been inside yet. So we thought we weren't anywhere near it until the GPS said, turn here, and we found it. So we're about to go in, see what they got, uh, get a coffee, maybe eat a little bit of lunch. But they do have a lot of stuff on display, which is what I want to see. So we're about to check it out, and we'll take you along and see what we got. And if we don't make it back, we're in New Jersey. <laughs> Somebody come get us. <laughs> Well, this is the part of the show where I would play the recordings of Dave and I inside the coffee shop talking about all the really cool things we saw. That is, if the recording existed. I don't seem to have it. I checked the recordings last night, and I have the recording of before we went in and the recording after we went in, but nothing in between. So, I'm not entirely sure what happened. I'm going to guess that I started to record, and something may have happened. I may have accidentally bumped a button on the screen while I was after hitting record and just got a little bit of coffee shop background noise which are quite there are a couple of files of uh just non-recordings I should say not where we're saying anything it could be one of those or I could have just started recording and or I thought I started recording didn't double check and just got into what we we're saying that it didn't actually ever happen so whatever the case may be it's not there and before I head out to Grover's Mill again to the 
the town, uh, specifically to the park, I was going to take a couple minutes and talk about the really cool stuff that was in there because I did take a ton of pictures. So I do have a reference point, and it wasn't even 24 hours ago that we were there. So the very first thing when you come in, there's a Grover's Mill Coffee House sign and their little logo, which is a, a one-eyed Martian with two antenna. He's green, and he's holding a cup of coffee. He's quite happy. So you definitely knew you're in the right spot, not only by name but by the imagery. And then as soon as you walk in, and the first thing that catches your eye, at least caught my eye, is this huge painting. This is, it's, it's, and I mean huge, it's, uh, it's measured by feet. I don't know how big it was, but it was, it's really big. I, I'm, I'm going to guess uh, it's got to be like five feet wide, three feet tall. And a painting, not a print of a painting. This is the original. You get up close to it and you can see the brush strokes. And it's of an attack on Grover's Mill by a tripod and it's attacking the Grover's Mill barn which is kind of a central feature I don't know if it's center town but it's like the identifying mark of Grover's Mill we've seen a lot of things when you look up Grover's Mill online showing this barn that is not something that was in the story so we're not going to visit it but we may possibly see it in our travels because this is not a big town and I didn't make a note that the artist was Robert Hummel and it was done in 2008 and there's also a little card there. It says the uh, his site is artistrobertheimel.com. And I'm going to check that out later to see if there's more information on that painting. On the opposite side of the wall, there was another huge thing. And this was not a painting. It was a poster. It was a giant, it almost looks like a bus stand poster. Like that size of the 2005 War of the Worlds. The Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg movie. Not everyone's favorite in this subject, but it can't deny that it exists and it was a big budget picture and something Universal actually put some money behind. So it stands to reason that it's going to be featured in this collection. So it, it, I wouldn't say uh, it's not unexpected. That's what I'm trying to say. Other cool things around there. This was this one was really cool. I'm going to have to post a picture on our social media pages. And hopefully I remember. I'll have to share this picture, actually. The one I'm looking at. I had seen this before. In pictures of Grover's Mill Coffee Shop, it looks like a steampunk tripod. And that's kind of what it is. But what I didn't notice until I was right in front of it and taking these pictures is that the body of it is a, a vintage coffee urn. That was cool. Never noticed that in any of the other uh, images I saw this, uh, pictures of uh, that I saw of this, so I'm glad I got a first-hand look at it, because that was pretty cool, and it, it goes from floor to ceiling. It is, there's barely an inch inch above the, uh, what do you call it, an inch at the top of that thing. Uh, there's a, a section of, uh, what is the, um, the War of the World, George Powell, cannot think of it, there's a section of uh, items dedicated to that, a poster looks like some lobby cards some still shots from the movie there's a bulletin board with uh some information on the coffee shop itself and some articles they've been listed in they sell t-shirts uh they did not have a grover's mill coffee house t-shirt with the logo on it in my size they did have 75th and 80th anniversary shirts i uh, actually they're not bad they're not my style so i didn't get one plus my wife will be happy for once that i didn't come home with a t-shirt though the trip's not over i don't know what i'm bringing home uh one thing i noted i couldn't believe i saw this because i don't know anyone else that's ever talked about this there is a photo of the it's a like a mini poster it's an eight by ten on the wall next to the george powell war of the worlds movie poster of the 2016 canadian short film by paul saint armand called grover's mill and it's a speculative fiction story of H.G. Wells and Orson Welles being trapped in a radio station while the aliens are invading New Jersey. Fantastic short film. Extremely ex obscure. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with someone about it who's actually seen it other than myself. So to see that mini poster on the wall, that was pretty awesome. Now, that's... I'm not going to say that's it. There's a lot more to see here. That's the kind of stuff I took pictures of. Oh, there's another... Another small tripod sculpture that was really cool. I'm not sure what it's made out of. Um, I think it's just like a a, a model bash kit. A uh, couple other 75 fifth anniversary items. Their coffee, of course. Right about at that point, I was ready to say, "Okay, let's uh, let's wrap it up, go out." And as I was, I had bought a bag of coffee, which will be talked about on another episode in this Halloween celebration. 
And as I was buying it, Dave's waving me down this hall, like really eager. He's like, you got to see this. You got to see this. I was like, okay, what, what's down the hall? Down this hallway was some more items. And the first couple of things I saw, there's some 75th anniversary artwork, which I've seen. I actually have a couple of the, this, of the logo artwork as well. A newspaper article about the original broadcast from 2005 when the Spielberg movie came out some original newspapers of the uh reports on what had happened which was cool because i've seen online images of us got to see him in person but the thing he pointed his finger right at was a letter and at the top of the letterhead it said mercury theater then just underneath that it said orson wells john hausman and the letter read dear mrs carter i appreciate greatly your thoughtfulness in having written me in regards to the war of the world's broadcast it is most regrettable to me that this program should have caused apprehension or discomfort to any of my radio audience. Had I been able to foresee the reactions of some of my listeners to this broadcast, I would not have presented it. Under the circumstances, it is particularly gratifying to me to have received letters from such large numbers of listeners who recognize the program as fiction and enjoy it as such. Thank you again for your thoughtfulness in writing me. Sincerely yours, Orson Welles. And it was signed Orson Welles. It wasn't typed Orson Welles. I've never seen Orson Welles' autograph in person. And we got confirmation from someone involved at the coffee shop. That was real. That was cool. I'm glad Dave took that little hike down the hallway. And underneath that, as well, was another cool item. It was a City of Trenton, New Jersey uh, official complaint against the WABC broadcast. It's quite lengthy. I won't read it. But it was dated, marked signed it's been through it's got several date stamps as it went through the chain of whoever would be responsible for responding to this so that was kind of a cool little piece of a story too so that is the long and short of it and again i wish i had recorded me and dave's reactions because we had a really good time going through there but i'm glad i took the pictures and glad i checked the recordings while this is still fresh in my mind and really cool little place and we actually had a good lunch and the coffee is very good and if you're a war of the worlds fan particularly the 1938, you need to check this out and you need to go down the hallway, <clears throat> excuse me, next to the cash register counter because that's where it was. And thank you, Dave, for pointing that out. So that is it. I'll go back to the recordings that did survive the actual day's visit now. Well, I think that was a little more fun than I expected walking up to that, seeing the strip mall. Yeah, it, had, was, it was an awesome place. Yeah, had lunch, good lunch. Good lunch. And, and you, uh, I mean, I don't know. I told you in there, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. So, uh, was it good? Coffee? Yeah, it was. It was actually really smooth, which is nice. Which is like a, if you're getting a, this is what I know about coffee, which is not much, but if you're going to go to a coffee house, it should be nice and smooth, not like a McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts where the grounds have been sitting around for a while. So, it should be, it tastes okay. like coffee, but not be harsh. And that's what this was. And I'm sure I'll get a correction if I was wrong because this is the internet, but that's what I. <laughs> That's what I take out of it. But the, as far as the stuff they had, it was a lot of like posters and and uh, like paper things, which was cool. But until we're about to leave, we almost missed the coolest stuff. And there was this hall next to the register that had some more newspaper clippings. But Dave found and pointed this out, and I would have missed it. There's two pieces of paper. One was a citation of complaint from the city of Trenton to WABC about the broadcast. And above that was a apology from the Mercury Theater on the air with Orson Welles' signature on it. Yeah, that was really neat. And and I had to ask the guy whether or not it was a uh, recreation because it could have been. Right. But he was he was a little bit... Uh, <laughs> he was, no, he no. was super sweet. Like, I wanted to hug him. He was adorable. <laughs> but he was like, oh... Yes. That's real. It's that's real. Like, I wouldn't have it up if it wasn't yeah. real. Yeah, it had the Mercury Theater uh, stationery, and it was addressed to a woman. Mm -hmm. Dear Madam, I apologize about upsetting you and blah, 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 blah. Signed, Orson Effing Wells. <laughs> yeah. And we had a, a real brief War of the Worlds conversation with him. You told him I was the one that's really into it, and you asked if a lot of people come into their fans. They like, oh, yeah. And he's like, and I was eight years old when it happened, and I ran out looking for the Martians, and I didn't find them. <laughs> and that's where he kind of left the conversation at. Yeah. yeah. Customers. It was actually a pretty busy place for one o'clock on a on a, is it Tuesday? What day is it? Tuesday. Yeah. In a overcast New Jersey. But I think that goes, I think that's like New Jersey. As, as soon as you cross the state line, it <laughs> becomes overcast. overcast. Yeah, that's what I understand. So, <laughs> But for a small coffee shop in an even smaller town, they had some people coming in and out the whole time we were there. 
They certainly good did. for them. It was uh, it was it was definitely uh, if you're a fan and you're in the area, you yeah. stop in just to see. Like I'm I'm a I'm a you know moderate fan. I know its place in history. That Orson Welles signed apology letter, and that the thing that I think cracks me up about it is from what I know about Orson Welles and seeing movies where he's portrayed in his <laughs> ego and his uh, his personality. <laughs> would you think he would write an apology letter to anybody? Not yeah, not unless he was a little bit strong armed, which may have been why that citation maybe may have been the one that initiated that, which is in the same display. So yeah, this was typed yeah. <laughs> on the letterhead and signed by him. He probably didn't write it. Oh no, no, I'm he sure probably, the, the theater they made him I, sign or uh, sign apology letters at least to uh, some people. To the to, big the any yeah, any official yes. complaints. Yeah. Because from what I know about him <laughs> yeah. that man you would have to <laughs> stick a hot poker in his eye to make him apologize for anything. Which is awesome because he's badass. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'd love to say Nia's as like that, but no, that's not true. Anytime we upset we, the internet, we're sorry. We came and we're apologized. Sorry. We'll, we'll edit everything. The first, at the first sign of controversy, we will came <laughs> yes. and apologize. You're right. We're wrong. You're right. Coffee, coffee, all coffee is harsh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean that. So, all right. Now we're full. Well, sort of. Now we've eaten. Now we're going to go over to where the attack supposedly happened and see what they got to offer Sarah over at Grover's Mill park. I don't even know what it's called. It's a... I'll figure it out when I get there. (laughs) So that was our first stop, and I have a little more information on a few of the things I said or talked about in those recordings. First, that big painting I mentioned, it was done by Robert Hummel. I believe I did say that in recordings. If I didn't, that's the artist's name. And it was painted in 2008, the 70th anniversary of the broadcast and the fictitious attack on Grover's Mill. It depicts what the artist Robert Hummel envisioned the listening audience might have imagined was happening in the small town of Grover's Mill during that radio broadcast, and the title of the painting is Battle at Grover's Mill. This is the original painting itself, and it is huge. Its actual measurements are four feet tall by six feet wide. That is a huge painting. Robert Hummel did a follow-up painting in 2017, and it's called The Battle at Grover's Mill Scene 2. This one is a little, I want to say darker, but I don't mean darker in tone. I'm going to say darker in color. He uses a lot more blues, purples, blacks, maybe some grays in there. I'm looking at a picture of it now because it was not at the shop. I had to look at it online. It's more of a nighttime uh, scene, I think, than the other one was. The other one might have been, I wouldn't say broad daylight, but may, maybe towards twilight. This one is at night, and it shows, again, the tripods attacking the Grover's Mill uh building barn i'm not i'm sure it's more than a barn the red building the that building is actually on fire there's a stand kind of in the the forefront in a perspective angle of jack-o'-lanterns that are on sale which i think is a, a nice little touch there's another tripod back in the distance attacking some of the buildings with the infamous uh water tower and windmill that was reportedly shot at on the night this happened that's a nice touch of this painting very cool there's a full moon in the background, and it's a cloudy night. There's a police car coming to check out the carnage. There's people running. One of the tripods has has lifted somebody from the Grover's Mill Company building and has zapped him with his eye beams. There's, like, I'll call them meteors coming down in the background, but that's probably a depiction of more tripods arriving, if you know the story, of course. Another great piece. I Check this out. Uh, look up Battle of Grover's Mill. Um, in fact, I have the websites right down here, so you don't need to. I just realized they're in my notes. So this one, it's another big one, but not as big as the the original. This is three feet by four feet. What's neat about the original painting of this is that it's framed from salvaged wood of the actual Grover's Mill Company barn after it was, what's the word, renovated, refurbished, uh, restored? Maybe that's a better word. There's some wood. This was salvaged, and they made a frame for this painting for it. That's really cool, I think. So for more on Robert Hummel, visit artistroberthummel.com. And for more on these the series of paintings, like I was just saying before, the Battle of Grover's Mill pieces, visit battleatgroversmill.com. Now for a little bit more on the Grover's Mill Coffee House. They too have a website. It is groversmillcoffee.com. If you can't get to the shop in person, they do have an online store for their coffees and teas. I did buy a bag of coffee beans before I left. It's a bag of their Invasion Roast. This blend was originally created for the 75th anniversary of the War of the Worlds broadcast, but it proved to be so popular that they still roast it today. I've used this 
in one of my 13 Halloween beers this year. Now, the beer didn't take all of the beans. In fact, not anywhere near. So I look forward to grinding some of this up and making some of this coffee at home as well. If you're in the area and a War of the Worlds fan, I do encourage you to visit this store in person. And you can do that. They are at 295 Princeton Heiston Road in West Windsor, New Jersey. All right, now on to the park and the main reason for my pilgrimage to Grover's Mill, New Jersey, and that was to visit the Martian Landing Site. The park that we headed to is the Van Ness Park in West Windsor Township, New Jersey. It is a very small park that boasts a picnic pavilion with grills and picnic tables, playground equipment, dock and boat launch, Grover's Mill Pond, and a memorial to the hysteria of the War of the Worlds, which took place, in quotes, in the hamlet of Grover's Mill. That's from the West Windsor, New Jersey Parks and Recreation website. It's pretty accurate. That's about all that goes on in the, or is available at this park. But I do think it undersells the monument and kind of leaves out a, any detail of what you should be looking for and what it actually is. And it also leaves out another War of the Worlds related I don't know if attractions are the right, right word, but something else to see in that park. And we'll definitely get into that when we get to the visit recordings. So off we went on our whopping five-minute drive from the coffee shop to the park. And in that very short drive, we passed the big Grover's Mill Company barn that is seems to be the centerpiece. Of, well, not seems to be. It was the centerpiece of those paintings I just described, but also seems to be the thing that pops up most when you type in Grover's Mill. It seems to be the heart or the the defining structure of Grover's Mill and of the three things you'd want to see War of the Worlds related, they are five minutes apart. This is a small town. Once we got to Van Ness Park, all those minutes later, we parked, took a look around, and the first thing that was easiest to see, of course, was Grover's Mill Pond. So that's where we had headed. Here's Dave and I coming up on Grover's Mill Pond. So we made it to the pond. And we're first greeted by a tripping hazard. <laughs> this is really strange. I'll take pictures, but there's a, it's like a guardrail, would you call it a guardrail around the pond? But it's like six inches off the ground and that's it. It's a perfect it's, height to trip you in. It's very strange. Into the pond. <laughs> but we made it. This is the best pond ever. Look at this pond. I guarantee you there's some huge fish in here. I know that you don't get it correct. Is that is that fish or is that a piece of wood? That's a piece of wood. Okay, that's not a fish. <laughs> so what do you start at this thing and keep walking? I guess let's find out. It looks like most of what we came to see is caution roped off, but who gives a yeah, crap? It's not really gonna stop it's New us. Jersey. You think they care about caution tape and Oh here we go. Here, a little thing to see. What do we got here? Grover's Mill Aquatic Habitation Restoration, summer two thousand eight to spring two thousand nine. West Windsor Township, in collaboration with the U.S. Army Corps and Engineers and New Jersey Department, restored the Grover's Mill Pond aquatic habitat by dredging the silt from the pond and restocking it with fish. So, nothing about there's fish aliens. in there. No, nope. well, they didn't say where the fish are from. <laughs> the three-eyed fish. From the <laughs> hey, graffiti! Graffiti on top of graffiti. New That's Jersey a shame. Public schools, you can't. Is that a fish it. or is that a stick? That's just another stick. Uh, okay. You know the difference? Fish stick? No. I know what a fish stick is. <laughs> is that Mrs. Paul? <laughs> On my second visit, I took some notes with me. These were some notes that I was going to read in the studio after, but with my second visit and no one, absolutely no one in the park during my second visit, I figured it might be more fun to actually go over the notes while I was standing at the site I'd be talking about in the studio. So here is my second visit, and a little bit more about Grover's Mill Pond in Van Ness Park. I am back at Van Ness Park, and I'm walking the dock at Grover's Mill Pond, and actually the wind just kicked up. I'm trying to find a place where the wind's not going to blow on my mic, and I don't think I'm going to find one, so I'm going to have to actually turn my back to it best I can. Hopefully you can catch me, or <laughs> hopefully the mic is catching me, I should say. And I brought some notes about the pond, and it's a little weird talking about it with it behind me. I guess I can pretend I'm talking to a camera. But what's even more frustrating is that to turn this direction, the sun is behind me, and I'm using an iPad, and there's a glare. So I'm tilting it to read it line by line. So hopefully I don't miss any of the important stuff that I thought was fun to mention. But uh, So <laughs> I'll do my best here. 
one thing I want to mention that was not in my notes. This pond is huge. This is this is probably the size of a pond that it sh uh, should be called a pond. But in Florida, they would classify this as a lake, which just goes to show another thing that Florida does wrong. We missize things. I think that's too... Well, I'm speculating. I think that's so we can say we have so many lakes in the land of lakes. They take any standing water and say, that's a lake. That's a pothole. No, it's a lake. So anyway, back to my Grover's Mill note. So this pond, it was actually formed in the 1800s. And it was made when a 400-foot earthen dam was built across Big Bear Brook. And once that was formed, it was actually used as a mill pond. It's a, so it's a man-made pond that was made for the Grover's Mill mill up until 1942. And I had to look up to be sure. I figured that it had something to do with being a water power mill and a mill pond, and that's exactly what they're for. They're reservoirs for when flowing water is low or unavailable. They can reroute water from the standing water and get the mill running. So that was something I learned, not only about Grover's Mill, but about the process of mills as well. Residents in this area, they began to petition to clean up this pond in the early 1960s. Apparently, there's a ton of algae and weeds and so much that choked up in this pond that the stench was pretty <laughs> unbearable and the park end of Van Ness Park was unusable because this place apparently stank. So with this private property up to this point being ignored in 1987 the township actually took over the pond and then that's when the restoration plan was actually made and this that's here's the thing though it was made in 1987 and now that it's owned by a government entity, of course, nothing was actually approved until 1993, but it did start. And it was a 10-year project that cost $500,000 to clean up this pond and make it, like, just not stink, I guess is the bottom line of that. In 2008, five years after this was done, the Grover's Mill Aquatic Habitat Restoration Habitat Restoration Project was started, and that was the plaque Dave and I had read yesterday. That's where they stocked this full of fish again and now it's it's become the kind of pond that you would actually want in a park not a just a stagnant stinking algae ridden body of water so there's actually fish in here dave will be happy to hear that you can fish in here you can actually launch a, a boat there's a boat launch somewhere around this dock which is odd that i'm standing pretty much in the middle and i don't see where that is it must be somewhere ex the different accessibility portion of the pond I don't know, I'm not a boater, so I don't know what to look for, but I'm pretty sure I think I know what a boat slip looks like. It's like a ramp that goes into the water. I don't see one, but apparently there's one around here somewhere. So that's the long and short of the history of the pond and how it was formed, which I thought was the most interesting part, and the fact that it's now actually become a viable, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not ecological? I think that's the word, ecological part of the park. So that's, that's actually kind of neat. And most people, outside of this town probably wouldn't care if it wasn't for War of the Worlds. I mean, that's why I'm standing here. So, and with that, I did try to correlate this pond with the script somehow. There is a mention of a pond from the script. It says, I climbed up a small hill above the pond at 60th Street. From there I could see, standing in a silent row along the mall, 19 of those great metal titans. Now, there doesn't appear to be a 60th Street here in Riversville. I'm not entirely sure there's numbers that go up to 16 in Grover's Mill. This is such a small, uh, I was going to say city, that's the wrong word, township, borough, hamlet. It's a very small area, so that, mm, that's a stretch if I were to say that was part of the script. But there are other rivers in the story. There's the Millstone River, there's the Pesiac River, they refer to one river as just the river, the Hudson River, the East River, and the Millstone River, now there is finally a direct correlation bear brook which i just mentioned the brook that was built to make the or the dam that the the earthen dam that was made on brook river to make this pond that flows into grover's mill pond then out again there's actually an out to this pond and that goes into milestone river which is about a mile and a half from where i am right now according to google maps now that is the direction of princeton again according to google maps so even though there's no specific mention of Grover's Mill Pond. It doesn't take much to place the sequence of events in that story to move from Grover's Mill over the pond into Princeton along that water path. So that is not a stretch of retconning in my uh, estimation, but it took a little work to correlate it. So I think that's what we're going to say 
is the pond correlation to Grover's Mill because it has been included in their 50th celebration. And I'm gonna guess, plus, ooh, that is the road. I hope that keeps passing by if you heard that. Ooh, it's still going. Okay, well, um, if they come in here, I will get out of their way, but I don't see any reason for them to be coming in here. Uh, I don't think any Martians have landed. That's, if someone's actually hurt, that's a terrible joke, but I couldn't resist. So uh, with that, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and uh, further uh, check out what I want to come back here and revisit and do some more recordings. And uh, yeah, I'll be back uh, after all this clear. Actually, I can hear it getting further away, okay. I don't know if you heard all that. That was like three major vehicle sirens slowly chugging down the road. So anyway, that's this portion of the Grover's Mill Pond for this second visit. The next thing I wanted to see, I knew was there, but this isn't mentioned in the West Windsor Parks and Recreation site. Just as you enter the park, past the restrooms and the playground, to the right, there's a small wooded area with a paved trail. It's a short, winding trail through the woods, but there's a little something extra along the way, something that is War of the Worlds related. This is an Eagle Scout community service project that was done by Danny Fitzpatrick in 2013. We found this trail pretty quickly. The problem was that first day I visited, it was roped off by caution tape. I'm not sure what the issue was. My best guess is that the area was probably flooded earlier that month. That area of not only New Jersey, but Pennsylvania as well, which were the two areas I visited, got some serious rain pretty much the entire summer and flooding, or at least the what I saw when I was there, the aftermath of flooding was just about everywhere that i had gone but of course that didn't stop us from taking a closer look so here is some of me and dave taking a closer look oh no i forgot about that we don't have that stuff in florida that's the new that's the new look at this see here's that sign the those eagle scouts did but we can't get to most of them we certainly can okay Oh, so he like dictated the yeah, he did the thing. Yeah, nice. So these are yeah quotes from the okay from the show. But I think he has some the other signs. I think have actually like three or four signs. It won't take long. So in the broadcast, here we go. So October thirtieth broadcast. The broadcast was one hour long and consisted of multiple news bulletins, which interrupted Ramon Raquel and his orchestra. So gives a little description of what happened here in the okay. show in Grover's Mills part in it i suppose and it was supposed to happen have happened right here yes this is where they landed why did they pick grover's mill ah okay so clearly you've never listened to any other my specials i did but, but okay. i don't remember and I'm, um I'm, I'm trying to and it, it, is it just because it's a remote place well the writer howard koch had was coming back from i think north jersey and he stopped at a gas station and got a uh a map and just did a pencil on the map Oh, that's it. And then he liked the sound of the um, town, and that's the one he picked. So here's the first sign, or the last sign. I'm not sure which way we go. Right here, right here, Eagle Scout Project, Danny Fitzpatrick, Troop 40, 2013. Nice job, Danny. So, 1938, there are no telephones or cell phones. People gather around their radios for news and entertainment. America was just coming out of the Great Depression, and Adolf Hitler recently ascended into power in Germany. The threat of another world war had Americans on edge. Oh little thing i had to, were you in scouts no i was hated it we fixed bus shelters for eagle scouts that's all we got to do we didn't get to do cool stuff like that and this kid gets to do war of the world yeah danny fitzpatrick knew what he was doing what do you think this big circle is with this chain that's where the martians landed right here yes underneath there is where their capsule was and take a picture of it that's why there's caution tape on it I think they chained one of the aliens to that chain. Like Kong. I really wish I had my fishing pole. <laughs> this is a... This is a destination for Grover's Mill. This is like the Disney World of Grover's Mill. It is. It is. Oh, it's raining. Oh, man, it's really raining. Aliens. Watch, now you'll see fish jump. Is that a fish? That's the same stick I asked about before. Do you think the people on the other side of this pond look over and every once in a while look at people over here and they're like, 
Freaking War of the Worlds. I guarantee they do. I guarantee <laughs> they're probably like, there's another two Nimrods <laughs> being stupid. On my return trip to Van Ness Park, I took another walk past the corner from tape and gave a real close look at all of these stations that were built for this project. I also took some allergy medicine because when I reviewed these recordings the night before, I apparently was pretty wheezy. So here's a closer look at that War of the Worlds trail in Van Ness Park. Okay, I'm taking a second walk down the War of the Worlds trail. That's what Dave and I were referring it to on the way back yesterday. The first thing I want to point out, I'll take a look at it, is there is this dilapidated building slash shed slash hovel. I don't know what to call it. It is some kind of structure pieced together of lesser structures behind a chain link fence, which I'm not entirely sure if the chain link fence is there to keep people out or to separate the park property from whatever this is, but that is not part of the trail. But if you find that, you're on your way. So the first sign is actually right up here. And it's the very first one. It says, War of the Worlds broadcast. In 1938, there were no televisions or cell phones. People gathered around the radios for news and entertainment. America was just coming out of the Great Depression, and Adolf Hitler recently ascended into power in Germany. A threat of other... I'm sorry, a threat of another world war had Americans on edge. The War of the Worlds was a science fiction novel by H.G. Wells that was adapted by the Mercury Theatre Group on CBS Radio at 8 p.m. on October 30th, 1938. Their production was directed and narrated by Orson Welles, who also voiced many of the characters. When Welles and Howard Koch adapted the book for a radio play, the script was written and performed so it would be sound like a news broadcast about an alien invasion. While the broadcasters made several periodic announcements in the show that the show was a fictitious performance many listeners believe that the events were actually happened and this is where i got the information uh that we i think i think dave and i recorded if we didn't i'll say it again this is where the we found out it's an eagle scout project i got confirmation it was there's a little placard on the one leg that says eagle scout project danny fitzpatrick troop 40 2013 so let's move on to the next stand there should be four in all from what i researched and there's at least two, because the next one is right up here. And actually, I'm walking by a fallen tree that's on the side of the trail. And I don't know if this is why the caution tape was out. It doesn't look like it's in danger of rolling on me, but that might be why. I mean, I thought it was... Dave and I kind of assumed it was flooding, but maybe this tree. But anyway, I'm not going to mess with the tree. I'll stop at the stand. And this... Oh, I didn't mention in the first one. There's a little graphic that goes with it. The very first one had a picture of an old-timey radio. <clears throat> Excuse me. This one has a picture of Orson Welles on his podium with his hand at his ear. It's probably one of the most infamous pictures of him regarding this broadcast. It's been it's online on countless articles and whatnot. And this one says, the October 30th broadcast. The broadcast was one hour long and consisted of multiple news bulletins, which interrupted Ramon Raquel and his orchestra playing smooth jazz the skit skit okay that's the word he used the skit involved on the scene reporters and scientific authorities who reported on the events occurring as the martian capsule landed in graver's mill the martians attacked and destroyed the new jersey state militia and then attacked other cities through the country including new york city the last portion of the broadcast was a monologue by wells explaining that the martians had been killed by a pathogen to end the show wells went back to his normal persona and announced that the show was a halloween joke and apart from the word skit i would say that's pretty accurate so on to the next and i didn't mention this before uh, but these are on alternating paths sides of the path the first one was on my right that one was on my left and i can see the next one it's up on my right right again and coming up to it now this one has the same old-timey radio graphic says quotes from the broadcast the grover's mill reporter see good oops sorry brush that off there good heavens something wiggling out of the shadows like a gray sneak i, I shouldn't try to perform this i should just read it <laughs> now it's another and another look like tentacles to me there i can see the thing's body a large as large as a bear and wet like wet leather but that face it ladies and gentlemen this is indescribable i can hardly force myself to look at it 
The eyes are black and gleam like a serpent. The mouth is V-shaped with saliva dripping from its rimless lips that haven't that quiver and pulsate. I did no justice to the performance of that. I'm sorry. So we got here the next it's the street quotes all together. Next one says a Princeton professor describes a Martian weapon. For want of a better term, I shall refer to the mysterious weapon as a heat ray. It's all too evident that these creatures have a scientific knowledge far advanced of our own. And then the last quote is a bulletin stated, I've been requested by the governor of the New Jersey, I'm sorry, of New Jersey, not the New Jersey, New Jersey to place a, uh, sorry, the counties of Mercer and Middlesex and as far west as Princeton and east of the Jamesburg until, or under, under martial law. I'm terrible at reading this. Four companies... Four companies of state militia are proceeding from Trenton to Grover's Mill and will aid in the evacuation of homes within the range of military operations. So, all right, that was a that was that's one I should have best left to uh, say. Just go ahead and listen to the broadcast so you can hear it performed well. So, all right, I'm moving up to the next one. I can I think I see it. There is one sign in between here and there. This one says no skating. I'm not sure what that has to do with War of the Worlds. There, I, that was the sh- beginning and end of it. Short sign. Okay, here's the next one, the last one, and it's actually right at the base of the where the trail meets the dock. And this says international reaction. This has a shot of the New York Times article uh, headline, I guess, the front page, right in the top left here. And it says approximately six million are believed to have heard the broadcast and have have been conflicting ideas on the number of people that actually panicked. That is. I think even the 6 million people hearing it has been contested to this point. The panic we know, I've talked about that many times on War of the Worlds Week. We'll get into that. The front page on the New York Times on the following day had the story of the broadcast with the headline, Radio Listeners Panic, Taking War of Drama as Fact. The story told of responses throughout the... Oh, it's getting quite windy. I'm getting a nice breeze up and down there in the pond. So I hope this isn't... I'm going to turn my back to it here. So it doesn't get in the mic. Okay, where was I? Um, this is the story response. I think this is where I left off. The stories respond throughout the country, including thousands of persons called the police, newspapers, and radio here in other here and in other cities, in the United States and Canada, seeking advice in, on protective measures. In Newark, in a single block of Hedden Terrace, more than 25 families rushed out to their houses. I'm sorry, with wet handkerchiefs and towels over their faces. In Indianapolis, a woman ran into a church screaming, New York is destroyed and it's the end of the world. You might as well go home to die. I just heard it on the radio. The services were dismissed immediately. Legends has it that locally some residents opened fire on a water tower thinking it was a Martian. Now that is, I'm going to say right out, going to be a disappointment for this report because that water tower has been torn down since my discovery of that fact which was a few years ago and it's been torn down i think like in 2015 and i learned about that before that i wish i wish i'd come out the Grover's mill while i was still up but we're not gonna be able to see that this trip because it's not there uh there's just a few more lines here in the days following the broadcast a public outcry arose but the station maintained that the listeners were reminded throughout the broadcast that it was only a performance yeah once I guess that's the time. Once is the time. The Mercury Theater escaped punishment, and the CBS had to promise never again to use this to interrupt this program format in their fictional entertainment. In 2003, the broadcast of the World of Worlds was made part of the National Recording Registry of the Library of Congress. And that is the last post. And I'm back at the pond. And this is a cool, cool Eagle Scout project. I was in the Scouts, and all we ever did was fix bus shelters for the local school system. So, this guy was lucky. If I had made it to Eagle Scout or even cared to make it to Eagle Scout I might have tried something like this myself probably not because I wouldn't have thought of this idea I'd be stealing this one and where else am I going to do this uh, I'd have to go to England so anyway cool cool little little nugget that is not mentioned anywhere on any official uh, website about Grover's Mill of which few there are so if you're here to see the monument don't miss this look for the path it's really easy to find get out of your car look to the right look for that incredibly scary horror killer looking house i described and then you're there don't go in that house just go down the path so that now leads us to the main attraction of van ness park at least for me and probably for most war of the world's fans and that is the monument if i didn't say it already or if it hasn't come across in this recording van ness park is a small park and i mean small Look up Van Ness Park on Google Maps and you'll actually, you can see how small it really is. 
I wanted to point that out as a preface that the fact it took Dave and I some serious searching to find this seven foot tall, three plus feet wide, who knows how heavy monument is a testament to how badly placed it really is. Now, I'm not sure if the monument's on this side of the park. I have the addresses written down. Let's see what's, does this trail go anywhere? It goes to that picnic pavilion, which yep. is two, 20 feet in front of us. I meant after that. Oh, I don't know. That's the Martian picnic pavilion, by the way. Everything's Martian. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing, there is nothing here other than the signs from that kid that has anything to do with the world. <laughs> I know. World. Wouldn't you, if you were Grover's Mill, I'm not trying to like condemn the Chamber of Commerce or anything, but if you had at least something, wouldn't you do a little more with it? I will, yeah, it is a little... Uh, I wouldn't say disappointing, a little surprising that there's not more about it. And then we were just talking on the way here that this is something that is kind of getting a little bit lost in yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, like, you gotta, you gotta play the hand you're dealt. Like, do something with it. It's cool. Yep. Orson Welles' backyard. Martian fallen trees. <laughs> Everything Martian. I'm looking to see what the... Uh, if there was a different address for the... Nope. says here. Okay, I'll have to look it up. Where is Orson Welles buried? In Mexico. His ashes were taken to a um, bullfighting friend of his, a matador friend of his, and put in a well in Mexico. What a trip. Look at that trip. <laughs> he was, you people are pests. <laughs> they should have had some of his ashes. Oh, wait. Here. What? I think this is it. What, the trash can? No, where the bushes are. Because I know it's between two random bushes. There's a monument in a bush? Yeah. But come on, doesn't that make sense? She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Uh, no, this just sometimes a bush is just a bush. <laughs> no, here it is! We're, we have, I would have never found this. You're right in the mud. Yeah, whatever. Oh, this is cool. I would have never found this if I didn't know about the bushes. Alright. How You wouldn't even see this from the parking lot. No. That's pretty... Okay, now that's kind of piss poor. They have this facing an empty field. Yeah. But here it is. Yeah, this is cool, though. This is neat. This is neat. If you've never seen this, I'll take pictures. It'll be on Neo's ads, but it's a big... I guess that's brass or bronze because it's kind of patinaed. It says Martian landing site. There's a big spaceship with uh, its legs or extra radio towers. I kind of like that kind of artistic little twist Uh, there with Orson Welles at the mic with his hand up and family looking scared to death. At the bottom, not around the radio. And what the hell does this say? Okay, this is a little hard to read. On the evening of October 30th, 1938, Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater presented a dramatization of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds as adapted by Howard Koch. This was to become a landmark in broadcast history, provoking continuing thought about media's responsibility, social psychology, and civil defense. For a brief time, as many as one million people throughout the country believed that Martians had invaded the Earth, beginning with Grover's Mill, New Jersey. <clears throat> and it says at the very bottom here, dedicated to the citizens of West Windsor on the occasion of the 50th anniversary of War of the Worlds broadcast, October 29th, 1988. So this has been here for 30 years now. Wow. It looks new. It's Yeah. It's nice. This is really cool. Well, I'm glad you get to see this. Yes. This is really what I wanted to come see. Although the stick in the pond was pretty neat. <laughs> Once you see that stick in the pond, the monument's okay. Let's, let's not get crazy with the monument. That stick. <laughs> yep. And I, 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 you know, it's funny is I've seen pictures of this and went, how can you miss this? And I've seen people do videos saying kind of what we just went through. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can you miss this? Well, that's how you can miss it. We've walked by it five times. Because it's facing away from <laughs> right, anywhere yeah. that you would And be. it's in front of standing water, not a pond. <laughs> it's in front of a swamp it's like and the a second, big empty field where kids play kickball. It's the second... How many balls have bounced off Orson Welles' face <laughs> oh, and ricocheted that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so, a lot about the man, but I, I can't answer that. I didn't quite mean it that way. But. <laughs> I think this was home. This is home plate for the kids that play kickball. <laughs> it is, yep. It's actually the backing stand. This way you don't need a catcher. This is that way, if you, that way, if you miss, it just rolls up and it rolls right back this to the pitcher. Yep. Right. So, it, so War of the Worlds has made a difference in some people's yes. lives. <laughs> it, it, it caused kids to not have to chase the ball into the pond where they may trip and fall and die and see the stick. <laughs> and inspired the sixth season of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> 
Okay, well, we've just about reached the end of this special and the end of my pilgrimage to the site of one of the most infamous, famous, fictitious alien invasions ever. And if you're a War of the Worlds fan, particularly the 1938 Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the air performance of the War of the Worlds, I think this is a place that you'll enjoy visiting as well. And you'll need to know where to visit to do that. And the address for Van Ness Park is 218 Cranberry Road, West Windsor Township, New Jersey. This has been a special production for our 2018 War of the Worlds week, and we're not done yet. We still have a few War of the Worlds episodes left for this week. Next up is the one that started it all for me, the 50th anniversary remake of the War of the Worlds, the very first version of the story I ever heard in 1988. After that, our 80th anniversary episode, and of course, we're going to close out the week, as we always do, with a repost and stream of the original 1938 production of The War of the Worlds by Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the Air. That will do it for this episode. If you just happened to come across this episode and didn't know about our War of the Worlds week, please check out NeoZaz.com for all of our other War of the Worlds release specials that we've done over the past three years. And take a look at our new feed on iTunes, Everything War of the Worlds. You can go there and get everything that we've done in the past and the future all in one feed. And that will be added to Stitcher, TuneIn, and other providers as well as time goes on. Right now, you can find it on iTunes as of this recording. War of the Worlds Week is a part of a much bigger Halloween celebration at NeoZaz.com. And this year, 2018, we probably have the biggest Halloween celebration we've ever had. Tons and tons of Halloween specials, one-offs, specials of regular series, and of course the War of the Worlds Week and the extended War of the Worlds Week at that. All that can be found at neozaz.com and the Neozaz feed on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, everywhere that there is a podcast provider, we should be there. And if you found one that we're not on, drop us a line at podcast at neozaz.com and let us know what that is, and we will take care of that best we can. Along with these Halloween shows and celebrations, we also have shows running the entire year. Neozaz.com's podcast network is large, basically on fandom and nostalgia or a combination of both. And chances are, if you have a strong passion for a particular fandom, we've either done a special on it or maybe even have an entire series on it. So find out at Neozaz.com. There's a lot to look at. We've been doing this almost 10 years and the entire catalog is all there, all online and accessible. Check out our social media pages. We are Neozaz on Twitter and Instagram and Neozaz Podcasts on Facebook. I am Matt from Neozaz.com. That does it for this one, except for one thing. That is for me to say thank you for listening, and I'll see you in our next episode. Yeah.